guys? Welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today, we are in John chapter 8, verses 12 through 30. It's July 14th, and we're almost halfway done with the John Summer Challenge. Now, let me ask you, do you ever just wake up in the middle of the night, and you're just super thirsty? Your mouth is so dry, and you just, you don't want to, but you gotta get up and go to the kitchen for a glass of water. Then all you get up, all the lights are off. I mean, you're not gonna turn on all the lights. You know, it, it's gonna blind you, it's too much work. So you just leave the lights off. And usually I'll, I'll leave them off and I'll go and I'll walk slowly and I'll make it my mission, you know, to you know get to the kitchen safely without hurting myself. But along the way, in the darkness, in the pitch black, I'll step on some Legos, I'll stub my toe, and eventually I'll get there, but I'll almost kill myself doing it, you know? Like, it's, it's a silly thing, but I don't want to turn on the lights going to the kitchen at night. Too bright for the eyes. Maybe you girls are smarter than us boys and you don't do that, but this is what we do. And this is an illustration of what everybody does spiritually without Christ. They are all walking foolishly in the darkness even though the light is always offered to them. Even though they can switch on the light, they can be saved from the darkness, they choose to foolishly walk through the dark. Now, without the true light, you walk in darkness. You know that the light is there. You always have the option to receive the light, but because you love the darkness, because you love your sin, you choose to stay and stay in the darkness and reject the light. And we know that this is because of our fallen human nature, right? Since Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, mankind has fallen and have been cursed with sin. Each one of us is born a sinner. We know this. We are born walking in darkness. It is as if we are walking blind we're walking in this darkness and we're foolishly walking in and it's not that we don't want to walk in the darkness because of our fallen nature we want to walk in the darkness we love the darkness and you know Romans 3 which tells us that all men sin Romans 3:11 says there is none who seek God Romans 3:23 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and if we continue to live this way if we continue to live in darkness, we will surely die and receive the wrath of God that we deserve. Now, this is the problem that we find ourselves in. But there is hope, and that hope is found in our passage today. In the midst of a dark world, there is a light, the true light, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. In our passage, Jesus gives the second out of seven I am statements. Now, these statements are found in the book of John, and they are used to describe who Jesus is, his very nature. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus declares it himself with these seven I am statements. He'll go on to say, we already saw uh, in chapter 6, I am the bread of life. In our passage today, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. 
And today, let's study that second one. I am the light of the world. And we're gonna study this in three parts. Number one, introducing the light. Introducing the light in verse 12. Jesus says in verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now that is good news. The incredible announcement was made against the backdrop of yet another ceremony that was celebrated at the feast that we talked about yesterday, remember? The Feast of the Boots? No, the Feast of the Tabernacles is another name for it. And so they would celebrate, they would have all these sorts of ceremonies. And we saw yesterday, they had the ceremony with the water, right? They would, they would dip into the pool, get the water, go back and, and celebrate that the Lord had given the Israelites water when they were wandering in the wilderness. And they were remembering God's provision through that. Well, this is another ceremony here. And this takes place during the feast. And it was a lamp lighting ceremony. A lamp lighting ceremony. Now, during the ceremony, there would be like they would light four basically a huge candle holders. Now, this served as a reminder of the pillar of fire which God guided Israel through the wilderness with. And they're remembering again God's incredible kindness, how He would lead the Israelites through the wilderness with this pillar of fire. And so they would get these four candle holders really huge they would light up all the candles and it would produce this huge awesome light that everybody could see from far away and it's against this backdrop it's against this ceremony with this ceremony in mind knowing that all the people that jesus is talking to he knows that they know about this ceremony they just practiced it and he is about to use that as an illustration to describe himself this ceremony produced a stunning light. Everybody could see it. And it is with this ceremony in mind, knowing that they know about this ceremony, that Jesus announces that he is the light of the world. The light, which unlike the ceremony candles, never goes out. By claiming he was the light of the world, Jesus was again claiming that he was God. He's always going after this mission and John is writing these things in order to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. And so this claim, of course, aligns with that purpose that he is God, that he is the Messiah sent by God to be the light to the nations like Isaiah 42 6 talks about. Now Jesus, how is he the light? In a few ways. Jesus is the light that brings salvation to lost sinners walking in darkness. Now this is so important, right? We are walking in darkness like we talked about. We love the darkness, meaning we love our sin. We love to uh, be away from God. That is just our nature. And Jesus is the light that saves our souls out of the darkness. So he's the light that brings salvation to lost sinners. He is also the light of truth in the midst of a dark world that is filled with lies and deceptions and falsehood 
This world loves to lie about who God is and about how they ought to live and all sorts of things. And they want to make excuses for their sins. And they want to, the devil is working and the enemy is working to deceive us and to spread lies. He's a, he's a father of lies. But Jesus is the light of truth. You want to know the truth? You want to know what's really, really true? Jesus is the source of truth. And you can go to his written word to know exactly what is true. Don't believe anything else. The Bible is the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is the light of truth. He sheds the light in a dark world full of lies. Jesus is also the holy light. He's the holy light in the midst of a dark world that loves their sin and gladly indulges in it. Jesus is also the joyful light in the midst of a dark world that only ever leaves you great sorrow and dread. A world that is filled with sickness and disease and death. Jesus is the light of life. Isn't that great? Imagine just complete darkness. The only thing that can overcome darkness is light. And Jesus is that light. And Jesus promises, if you follow me, if you follow the light of the world, you will no longer walk in darkness. Meaning if you totally submit your life to him, follow him, he will save you from darkness, the darkness of sin, this world, and the devil. He will save you from it all. Submit your life to the one who has died, who has resurrected, who ascended back to the right hand of the Father, and you will live. And if you already have submitted to Christ, then let your light shine before men. Did you know that? That if you are saved by the light of the world, then you yourselves become lights in this world. Matthew 5 verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. True believers in Christ reflect His light in the midst of this dark, dark world. One author, author says, they, have, they, believers, having kindled their torches of His bright flame, at His bright flame, show to the world something of His light. It's like we see the light of the world. We have it with us. And so we get our torches. We light our torches with His light. And we go out into the dark world. And we are lights of this world. Once you follow the true light of the world, you will become a light in this world who can spread the glorious truth in a world full of lies. And it is a wonderful thing, isn't it, to be saved from the darkness and to walk in the glorious light. And this only happens when you follow the light of the world. Now, we've been introduced to him, but his religious, the religious authorities in this passage, and maybe even you, are, number two, questioning the light. If number one was introducing the light, now the religious authorities, and maybe even you, are number two, questioning the light. In verses 13 through 21, now of course, in their hatred for Jesus, the Pharisees are enraged. Because what is Jesus doing? Like we talked about, by saying he's the light of the world, he's claiming 
that he is God. And the Pharisees hate this. Look at verse 13. So the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. They are so focused on the law, and in this case, the court of law, which, sa which says that you need two or three witnesses in order for truth to be established. But Jesus says, I've got two witnesses, myself and the Father. Our testimony is true. I don't testify uh, by myself. The Father testifies for me. And they go, well, where is your Father? And Jesus says, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. And again, always relating back to his relationship with his Father, that they are one and no one can come to the Father unless they go through Jesus Christ. So, after questioning the light, the Pharisees go on with number three, responding to the light. Responding to the light. We need to respond to the light as well. Verses 22 through 30. But the Pharisees and all unbelievers and all of those who are still enslaved in the darkness, they respond like this in a few ways. They respond in self-righteousness. Self-righteousness in verse 22. They were unwilling to believe what Jesus said no matter what claims he would, he would say, no matter what miracles or signs he would show, it didn't matter. They would never believe Jesus because they were so self-righteous. They also respond in worldliness, which Jesus points out in verse 23. Now, if somebody looked at you, would they be able to tell the difference whether you are, Jesus says, he's not of this world, he's from above. Would they be able to tell with you, are you from this world? Do you do the things of this world? Do you indulge in all the pleasures and desires and activities and, and words that this world loves? Or are you set apart, a true follower of Christ, identifying with him the light in this dark world? The Pharisees, they were self-righteous. They were filled with worldliness. And they're also unbelieving. In verse 24, they show this. They are also willingly ignorant. And in verses 25 through 30, they know about the light. Everybody knows about Jesus. And everybody knows that God exists and that we must submit our lives to him. Romans 1 tells us this. But we willingly choose to ignore it. Are you the same way? Are you like these Pharisees? Or do you see the glorious light the light of the world and realize your need to be saved from darkness and if you're already saved do you proclaim this light day by day and just want to share this light with others but these pharisees are like ecclesiastes 2 14 it says that the fool walks in darkness now one pastor says this one would think that sinners hopelessly lost in the darkness, would flock to the light. Yet in a strange paradox, in a strange turn of events, people love the very darkness that entraps them, like a dying man who cherishes his deadly disease. It doesn't make sense, right? 
They cherish the sin that produces spiritual and eternal death. The very people walking in the darkness, heading for their own destruction, they love the darkness. It's like loving your own disease that is killing you. That is what sin does to us. And they willingly ignore the light. So, how will you respond to the light of the world? Will you respond to him for the first time? Be saved from darkness. Give your life to him. Submit your life to the light and he will save you. Or maybe if you've already submitted your life to him, will you proclaim the light of the world? Will you shine bright and and proclaim and, and be set apart from this dark, dark world? It says that some, in verse 30, believed in him. And I pray that this is also true of you. Okay, so that's it for our devotional for today. I got three questions for you. Number one, what does it mean that Jesus was the light of the world? Now we talked about different aspects of Jesus being the light and just talk about some of those. Number two, what does it take to follow the light of the world? What do you need to do in order to follow the light of the world? And maybe even talk about, you know, what would it look like to be set apart from darkness and to be lights of the world. Number three, you can talk about that in this question. That's what I set it for. Number three, how can you be a light in this world? How can you be a light in this world for Christ? So submit your answers to those questions and you will be done with day 14 of the John Summer Challenge. And I'll see you tomorrow for day 15.